In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 240. Top 5 movies we want to see in 2016. With several other mini lists thrown yeah, in there. Yeah, we have we have the wishy washy list and the three pounds of monkey crap list or bits or part of a list. I don't know about you. I thought this was a lot for, to me. I thought this was a little harder to do this year, at least as far as categorizing which movie to go where, because there's not that much I'm really dying to see. And obviously, Chad and I kind of swapped out some of our uh, want to see. We kind of like acquiesced. So, uh, to the other, uh, to try to, so we wouldn't have dupes. So basically we would have different movies on, on the list. So some, I guess I'm probably a big bunch of our must-sees. We probably were exactly the same, but to me overall, it was hard though. Cause I, this just didn't seem like there was that much that I'm really pumped, absolutely pumped to go see compared to last year. I mean, last year heading into it, we had, uh, we had Ultron, you know, we had Star Wars, Maybe I mean I was interested in Jurassic World, but I wasn't super pumped. But I don't know. All right, you want to kick things off? Top five. Uh, so start with number fives. Number five was really really hard because after you and I discussed our list and we had to, I had to do some reshuffling. Uh, I had to make I think about two two changes in my list. So it was really hard. I and for, I don't know why. I almost forgot, and probably most people have come, don't even know this movie's coming out, even if you liked the previous two. But for, like, I had zoned out and forgot that the that Inferno is coming out in October, it's right around Halloween, you know, right around Halloween, which is an odd release time, which is the latest Ron Howard, Tom Hanks, uh, Robert Langdon, uh, what you call it, Brown, Dan Brown adaptation. Uh, so, I like. I see. I've never read any of the books, so I know a lot of people who like read the Da Vinci Code didn't like the movie as much. But I can only go by as a movie, and to me, the movie is at least highly rewatchable. And I did like, and I did like the second movie too, uh, Demons and Angels. I thought, I thought Ewan McGregor was pretty good in that one too. So I am kind of interested in this. Like I said, number number, it was really hard. Number five was re- was really really tough. I mean. It, Throwing out some, you know, just some of the wishy washy movies for me. I almost put in like Central Intelligence, The Rock, uh, Kevin Hart movie. Not because of Kevin Hart, clearly, <laughs> but because I like The Rock, so that could that that could be funny. And uh, I almost put Star Trek in too, uh, but Star Trek didn't make did not make this list. Mostly probably because of that first trailer. I thought that first trailer was so so bad that it probably would have made my 
five, you know, my top five list, if not for that. But that trailer just completely co- turned me off. So, so I'm, so I would have, so I'm sticking with uh, Inferno as a as a dark horse <laughs> number five and keeping my fingers crossed. Did you like any of the other two? Uh, I never saw any of them. Really? Yeah. So I don't have much to contribute there. You didn't read it, and I assume you didn't read the books. No. Well, at least uh, Da Vinci Code is on Netflix <laughs> as we speak. I don't have a Netflix account. Oh, you're killing me, Chad. You're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> Smoke signals, carrier pigeons, something. Um, All right, then. Uh, Mark thinks my number five is a cheat, but uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. My number five is The Killing Joke. Uh, no, they are not making a live-action Batman The Killing Joke movie. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> I uh, am referring to uh, the animated movie that's supposed to be coming out this year, uh, featuring Mark Hamill as the Joker and uh, Conroy as Batman and might possibly be even, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think it's uh, going to be getting an R rating, too. Wow. So awesome! <laughs> I can't I can't wait to see it. D, uh, Batman. Okay, when it comes to DC animated movies after the New Fifty Two, since they started following this uh, the New Fifty Two storyline concept, they did Justice League War, which was based off the first two issues, six, six issues of the Justice League series from the New uh, Fifty Two, and then they did the Throne of Atlantis and and all those other things. DC kind of made a statement that. They weren't going to be doing any more old DCU adaptation movie, animated movies anymore. And then that went to shit. <laughs> Clearly, much, because, much, like the, much like the new 52 itself. <laughs> because the killing joke is now coming to, uh, to uh, you know, the animated, beginning the animated treatment. Um, now, typically, I wouldn't have this on my list because of a very simple reason. It's Batman. They have way too many Batman ones out now. However, the animated version of Under the Red Hood still, to this day, makes me is my number one DC animated movie. It's phenomenal um, in, in just about every aspect. Um, the animated version of Year One was fantastic. The animated version of The Dark Knight was incredible. Uh, those, those, the Dark Knight Returns or, or whatever, um, the part one and two, they split it up into two parts and it was great. The, 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 speaking of the animated version of the Dark Knight, that the, that's the only time I've ever bought the soundtrack to an animated movie. Cause it is, I mean, I'm telling you guys, like when I say that the soundtrack to the Dark Knight movie, uh, animated movies was phenomenal. I would put it in my top five soundtracks of all time. <laughs> like, loved the music in that animated series, in that animated movie. So, as much as they oversaturate their animated uh, movie universe with Batman stuff, by and large, it's actually worth it. <laughs> it's it's good. I mean, you, you you don't mess with a good formula, and you know if we're gonna go with another popular. Batman storyline, the killing joke is one of the most popular of all time. So being that they oversaturated with Batman, but all of it's pretty damn good being that it's one of the most popular storylines being that, uh, uh, Hamill and, uh, 
Conroy are are voicing the the, the main characters. I mean, that's it's hard not to be excited for it. So it's intrig- it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. The concept is intriguing. The fact that they would choose that material, the fact that they would try to that they would be willing to make based on the material, it makes sense. But the fact that they would go that direction to try to make it an R, make something an R rated. Know, release like that 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 it, that's intriguing it's certainly something I would I would like to I would be interested in seeing it like you mentioned it is kind of a a classic storyline uh, who doesn't want to see somebody who, who doesn't want to see some some boy wonder get his head bashed in <laughs> <laughs> and and just for clarity um, Warner Brothers has given the go-ahead for it to be an r-rated animated feature it doesn't necessarily mean it will be but they gave their approval for it I will say, uh, just to throw it out there because I'm on the topic of animated movies from DC, uh, just to kind of get them off my list, another one coming out this year is Bat Blood, uh, which is, you know, Batman disappears and somebody has to step up to become Batman. So this is the this is the story pre-New 52 where it was, was it Grayson or was it Tim Drake? Somebody became Batman. One of the Robins became Batman for a while. I think it was think, well, we know Grayson what did. I don't think Tim Drake ever did. Okay, yeah. So Grace, this is this is this is, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the preview now. Uh, it, this is Nightwing becoming Batman for a time. Um, and also, evidently, they're doing a Batman '66 animated feature. That should be like, funny. Adam Adam West as Batman. Uh, I'm assuming Burt Ward as Robin. I'm I'm in. (laughs) So, I mean, speaking of oversaturating their animated movie market, three Batman movies in in one year. But they all sound great in their own way. (laughs) Plus, with the Batman versus Superman movie coming out, clearly they they figured... they may never be a bad time to release a whole crapload of Batman animated or Batman centric animated features, but they figure uh, if there was a year not to do it, this isn't that year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for broke. So uh, number four. Number four. Uh, oh, since I mentioned it before, uh, did you? What, what were your thoughts on Star Trek anyway? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't typically judge a movie by the first trailer. Um, unless it's something I am super invested in, uh, like, you know, uh, a Batman v Superman or something that, you know, I'm con- on concept excited for. I'm a, I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan, but we are all, we all already know how much of a Star Trek or Star Wars fan I am. Um, so to say that I'm, I'm more of a Star Wars fan doesn't really mean much or it means everything when you, when I say I'm more of a Star Wars fan than a Trek fan. Um, this is going to be one of those movies I will probably go see anyways because I like the first two. Um, but I am not invested in the property enough to be super excited one way or the other. I'll probably wait for another trailer or two before I decide. But I don't know. Uh, it 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 looks different than the other two. I didn't have there wasn't much in there for me to get excited about but again it was the first trailer so i don't i don't know no i think that's fair i think and unfortunately it looks like what it may very well be considering the director that it just kind of looks like you know a fast and furious movie with the star trek crew 
That that that's that's what it kind of that it has that vibe to it. I know it is a true teaser in the sense that you really have no friggin' idea what the real plot of the movie is. So for that, that's fine. Uh, I agree with you that I being I will probably see it. That's the reason why it's it actually I, I really has this this was on the uh, this is one of those movies that really was literally on the border. Of, it could have been on all three lists. Once that first trailer came out, it probably couldn't have been on the top five. To be fair, but. Without it, it probably would have been in the top five. After the trailer, it was still somewhere in the middle that you like, they kind of sort of want to see, or the crap list. It was like really, I could have, could have, you could make a case for either one. I did like the first two movies, so I do have, so on that, that's that's my investment in in seeing the third. But you know, obviously, we know Abrams isn't directing this one. You know, for some people that'd be a plus. For me, it's not, and it's based. And even Chris Pine's hair, which yeah, it, it's kind of more William Shatner-like, but we've already got, but they've already spent two movies kind of having him wear, you know, wear the, you know, the more like the cropped haircut, kind of like the Chris Pine cut. <laughs> so it's now, so now it looks weird to see him kind of go back to have his, it's a tr- to have Kirk go back to having the, the the William Shatner look. I will reserve judgment completely until the second trailer to see whether it's cropped. Com- it's not like in Fantastic Four territory. Let's put it that way. It's not like it's not like from the very concept of everything you heard about the movie, even before you saw it, you're, you were like going, "I got a bad feeling about this." So we'll see. Uh, I just I just figured since we didn't we didn't talk much about Star Trek after after uh, I tied it into five, I figured I would mention it. So four and this again. Uh, I put Bo- I put the still untitled Born sequel <laughs> to be released on 729. Uh, again, I wasn't a, I didn't love the Born movies. I in fact I actually never saw the Born Identity in the theater. I actually only saw that after the fact like on Netflix. I saw the other I saw the fl- the last two. I'm not counting I did see this too, but I'm not counting the uh, Jeremy but Renner one. Because that's not really a born movie. <laughs> it's part of the franchise, but it, but I'm talking the actual Matt Damon movies. I saw the last two in the theater, so I'll, I like the character. I think he, he I think he does a good job with the character. I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to go with it. Uh, I'm also curious to see if they're ever going to, and they may not, if they actually have Matt Damon on board. If they know they can have Matt Damon on board for two or three movies more, then maybe they won't bother doing this. But I was going to say. I was somewhat curious to see if they're if they're going to try to maybe tie in the Jeremy Renner character, not in this movie, because I would bet against it, but somewhere down the road to kind of have a crossover between the you know the two the the two characters. But I again, it's am I 100% pumped for for Born? No, but I'm but I'm interested enough, and and it, I think it just kind kind of slid its way into my t- uh, top five list. Um, my number four uh, is Deadpool. I'm excited. So, so no thoughts, no thoughts on Born either. <laughs> well, I only saw the original three. That's um, fine. So I mean, I, I like those movies, but uh, I no passion. No, no particular tie-in. Like I think I'd, I'd want to see it. Like I still want to see the other one that I that with Jeremy Renner. Like I still haven't seen that. I'd uh, I'd, I'd like to, but for whatever reason, it just keeps getting knocked down on my list. So I guess I'm not really that passionate about it. Um, but my number four is Deadpool comes out in February. Um, and obviously, you know, Ryan Reynolds plays Wade, 
uh, Wade Wilson. Uh, you know, some people are dogging on it, but, you know, it's got a lot going for it. The costume looks great. The scenes I've seen as far as action and violence and gore, uh, those look great. Uh, there's breaking the fourth wall in there. Um, there's uh, they, They're doing a lot of cool promotional stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's rated R. The suit looks great. I mean, it's got a lot in its favor. So I'm really interested to see if a Deadpool movie not only lives up to its potential, but a Deadpool movie that's been given all the opportunity it can be given. It's got a major studio behind it. It's got a good budget. And it's got it's been given the green light for a rated R, uh, 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 an R rating. I mean, it's it's got everything it needs. So I'm interested to see if a movie that the fans wanted, that has been given everything it needs to be what the fans want it to be, comes out being a good movie that the fans love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Deadpool's yet another, and I, I know this, this, this is gonna be at, like the antithesis kind of, of of most of my, uh, I don't know. A lot of these, this year anyway, it just seems like, compared to the other movie review episode, a movie, uh, preview episodes we've done, it's kinda hard for me to get a lot of traction one way or the other on these movies to know how I feel. Deadpool was another, Deadpool floated around to me, not in my, I, it was never gonna be in my top five. It floated around between the middle and the and the, you know the, the five pounds of monkey crap so called list as far as desire to see, which still doesn't mean I won't see it. It just means that I more like it's the excitement, how I feel about it. And Deadpool actually made my you know made my crap list for that reason. Um, I don't feel a lot of. I do like Ryan Reynolds, and I kind of there's that part of me that kind of is rooting for Ryan Reynolds because he can't, he really. This is kind of let's be honest. This is kind of Ryan Reynolds' last last chance, certainly in the la- in the world of comic book movies. <laughs> you know, sure. if this if this one sh- if this one shits the bed like almost all the like the other ones he was in, regardless of what his role and them, you know, in their lack of success, that after a while it kind of becomes irrelevant. It becomes you know that albatross you carry around your neck. But if if like everything you said is true, there there's a bu- there's a buzz about the movie. Even though I think it's a I think it's a still relatively small fan base that was pumped to see Dead the Deadpool movie to begin with. There certainly was a fan base there. A lot of people have liked the trailers that they've seen so far. They liked the tone of the movie. Even though it's going to be R, I mean it's coming out in February, which is probably a, probably a good time, you know, for this movie to you know to kind of not slip under the radar screen, but to be able to be successful financially too, which is kind of a key component to this. Also, how one's going to define financial success for this movie. If, if because of the character itself, you almost have to think if it has any kind of opening close to like Ant-Man, or ironically Green Lantern, which really wasn't that far removed from Ant-Man when it originally opened, that because of the character itself and because it's R, if you got anywhere in anywhere in that range or higher, for opening weekend, I think you'd you know you'd have to be pretty ecstatic if you were the studio, especially because, in all honesty, it is kind of a cult character, but it's still a not particularly well-known character. I mean, let's look, compare it to Wolverine. Compare it to Wolverine, who's extremely popular, and Hugh Jackman is extremely popular, and the best Wolverine movie based on box office, not based on quality. But the original Wolverine solo movie, I think, made like eighty-seven or eighty-nine million, and that came out in May. 
So there's, so considering that, and Deadpool is not nearly as popular a character, certainly and not as well known a character across the board to to the average moviegoer, let's say as Wolverine. Yeah, if you could, that movie could open up somewhere like 50, you know fifty or above. I think you'd be happy with it. I don't. I it's hard to know about this movie. It's like everything does seem li- lined up really, really well. But is it gonna is it gonna find its audience? Sometimes I think the trailers or the clips make it seem. It seems like they're trying a little too hard. I know it's the va- it's the nature of the character. I understand that, but I wonder if that's gonna you know. I like to look at Col- I like to look at Colossus because he looks like. The way Colossus should look, you know. I thought that was that's a, that's a big improvement. I'm worried about the villains. I'm worried about you know some some of the more obscure characters for the average you know moviegoer. I'm sure, and I'm sure there'll be a huge Hugh Jackman uh, cameo in that movie too. I would be stunned if there wasn't. But I don't know. I I'm not excited for it. I'm curious about it, and I guess I'm a little concerned that it's not that it's not going to be what people that think it can be based on all the positive spins so far. I think people might be putting raising the bar a little too high at this point because you know, because of how excited they are that this project to a certain extent this project never died and this was kept alive for so long and people liked the test footage that was finally sneaked, you know, which was just raw and that kinda of like got helped them get the green light for the movie. So I don't know. I, I go back I it, it's a tough one it's a tough one for me. I think it's I think it could succeed. I mean, I think again, based on how what you measure success with, I think there's a pretty decent shot it'll be a moderately successful, you know, comic book movie. But if people are having, people are expecting expecting it to do like you know, eighty, ninety, a hundred million dollars opening weekend or anything like that, then I think I think people probably are really probably banking a little too high on that. But number three, number three, which was again, this was. This was my this was number one on my list of middle middle of the road movies until I had to Chad and I had to swap out movies. So I put Rogue One. I have Rogue One, uh, the Star Wars anthology movie that comes out on twelve sixteen, uh, twenty sixteen. So which for most people probably know, but basically the plot of the first Star Wars anthology or Star Wars story. Standalone film is basically we're going to see how you know the the rebellion stole the plans for the original Death Star, which of course and which we all know end up with Leia and and in R two and lead to the whole you know everybody coming together in the original movie. It's got a I mean it's got a I would say a solid a solid cast I would I I I my natural inclination is to say a solid but unspectacular cast because there are some known names in there but but. It's not, you know, there aren't any big stud names out there that's going to draw you in, which makes sense, I guess, based on the concept. I think it's supposed to be an ensemble piece. Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time frame to do this in. Some people, especially now, because Episode Seven's done so well, some people wonder is that really a good idea for another quote-unquote prequel, even though that's kind of garbage, because almost all the anthology stories are going to be prequels. <laughs> For the most part, I mean, they're all going to be prequels to something. They're all going to be b- before Episode Seven, for the you know, in all likelihood, going forward. So, I don't think that's a big stumbling block. It's an int- really, really interesting choice, though, of of time frame because we're so we're so in we're so ingrained with the patterns of Star Wars and what we see in a Star Wars movie 
that we pretty much know this is going to be the first Star Wars movie which isn't going to end it with a lightsaber duel because <laughs> it pretty much can't. We're not dealing. We're not dealing with Jedi. We're not dealing with you know Obi Wan and Yoda are still in hiding, and this was shortly before the the events of Episode Four, the original Star Wars. We're, you know, it's pretty safe to say we'll see Vader in some capacity because why would you blow the opportunity to see Vader and, and we're supposed to see Tarkin and things like that. But it's 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 interesting. It's it's an, and I it's I just don't know how I don't feel I certainly don't feel any passion towards Rogue One like it felt building up to Episode Seven. And I don't know if a lot of people did, but I think from a, from a marketing point of view, a, in a release schedule point of view, this probably is a good move for Disney. And Lucasfilm, because especially now that Episode Seven has gone, you know, ballistic, that the Star Wars enthusiasm is really, really high. So a movie like Rogue One, which essentially is going to be kind of like wetting your appetite to Episode Eight, which comes out next year, that I think it's going to. I, th- I think the the odds of it being very, very successful. Certainly, it's not going to be Episode Seven successful. I, and I think we may have talked about this on a previous. Sh- uh, episode two that I don't, I don't really think they at the moment anyway going into it I don't think Disney and Lucasfilm really had un, unrealistic expectations that the average anthology movie was going to be able to do box office anywhere close to a, a regular titled episode Star Wars movie but I think Rogue One probably will be more successful than it would have been otherwise because people are because Star Wars you know new life has been pumped into the franchise and it's kind of going to be like a, a placeholder until episode eight comes out so, I think. Uh, so I think I think it, it. At the end of the day, I think it kind of was a good choice to, to add that back into the top five. So, what are your thoughts on Rogue One? Uh, I'm excited for it, uh, basically for all the reasons you said. I'm I'm interested to see how they're going to tie it in. I'm interested to see how they do some of the characters. Like with Tarkin, is it going to be a completely new actor, or are they going to? CGI some stuff. I mean, like, you know, I, I'm interested to see how all that works. I'm interested to see a Star Wars movie without Jedi in it. I'm interested to see, you know, I mean, I'm interested. I'm just not overly excited. But it, it's the same thing as Episode Seven, though, for me. You know, I didn't really get super jazzed for, for Seven until I saw the first teaser. You know, once I saw something, then I started getting excited. So I think my excitement will probably pick up, you know, once I actually see something. I mean, I think that I think that makes sense. Episode seven was just so that the want to see factor for episode seven was so built in, especially once you knew Luke, Leia, and Han were coming back. That I think the the anticipation was just going to build. So in a way, waiting for as long as we did to get the first teaser, it kind of it kind of worked. Obviously, we won't be waiting too long for. You know, for Rogue One, you know, to get a, to get some footage out of this movie, you would you would think also that that might have a over the summer as we get closer to Comic Con and things like that. You would think a lot of a movie like Rogue One will get a heavy push across the board because, especially it being a December release, that's a perfect a perfect movie to get a lot of attention. Uh, this it's last thing I heard, it's supposed to be CGI for Tarkin. That I think they pretty much may made an agreement or just or have the permission of uh, the Cushing family to do to do CGI Cushing as Tarkin which would make sense now because we're because he, 
talk because he's you know you're so much closer to Star Wars now that you, you that it would be kind of weird having a different actor play, you know, Tarkin. So it would make sense. And then and at that point, Tarkin was Tarkin was a pretty big deal at that point. And obviously, he and Vader were pretty well you know tied at the hip to a certain extent. So it it, it made and it also would kind of put more of a as some people said, having Tarkin be so involved potentially and having the plans stolen to begin with kind of makes it more of a big and bigger investment for you know his his what's the best way to say it? he he had much more of a stake in the game you know in, in in Star Wars than to try to get the plans back and then to uh destroy the rebellion with the death star before the plans could be used against it so uh, my number 3 is Independence Day Resurgence Man, I can't wait for this movie. It, I, I saw, I, I've seen Star Wars, the, speaking of Star Wars, I saw Star Wars The Force Awakens three times, and all three times I saw it at Alamo Draft House uh, here in Austin. And because I saw it the same place all three times, I saw the same trailers all three times. Now, there were two trailers, well, there were three trailers uh, in front of the, the showings I saw. One, that new Michael Moore documentary thing. Uh, the other was the Star Trek Beyond trailer, and the other was Independence Day Resurgence. And Independence Day Resurgence looks so good, at least visually. At the very least, visually, it looks so good. Ridiculously big ships. The technology looks epic. Uh, the The threat looks... I mean, if you thought, that, you know, the humans fighting it back against the aliens in, in Independence Day, the first movie was an insurmountable uh, <laughs> feat for them to come out the other side winning. It looks like this one <laughs> takes that concept and goes, we're doomed. <laughs> we're fucked. There's nothing we can do. We're screwed. <laughs> um, uh, some people are upset that Will Smith's not in it. I think it's a positive that Will Smith's not in it. Goldblum's in it. Awesome. Uh, what's his name who played Goldblum's father? Judd Hirsch. Uh, Judd Hirsch. Love Judd Hirsch. Uh, he's part of one of the only police procedural uh, TV shows I ever watched and enjoyed, Numbers. Uh, Judd Hirsch was one of my favorite parts of the Numbers TV series, so I'm inclined to like that actor. Um, I don't know. It just it looks visually cool. We don't know if the storyline, but, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I know it was repurposed audio, but... Uh, you saw the? Did you see the trailer in theaters? Yep. Okay. When they replayed the audio of the president's speech from the first movie, and then it ended right before he says, "You know, today we celebrate our," and then it cuts off, and then it shows the title, "Independence Day Resurgence." I got chills the first time I saw it because I didn't see the trailer online when it when it came out online several days before. Like, I, I saw the links to it that, that, you know, they had quietly kind of sneaked out the trailer with no fanfare or anything. Uh, so the first time I saw it was in theaters. And I was just like, oh, man, this, this is going to be so sick. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to see it. Now, I will admit that the trailer for in, for Independence Day makes me one is, makes me more interested in seeing it than I was before because I was... I'm not a huge fan of the first movie, not really. And when they've been talking about this for years and years and years about doing, you know, oh, we're going to do a sequel, we're going to do two sequels, we're going to do a sequel trilogy, whatever. That when they were talking about, you know, their, that when they were talking about doing these these movies, 
that you know I really really didn't want them to touch this not because like I like I just said not because I think the first is so good that you can't do better just because I didn't have any interest in in going back and going and revi- revisiting you know that material the whole with Devlin Emmerich uh, I had combination I had no desire to go because they made so many crap movies or so many you know Godzilla and so many things that were in that destruct you know disaster movies but just not a lot of depth to them so I wasn't really looking forward to it the trailer makes me more intrigued I'm kind of I'm kind of glad Will Smith is not in it too though uh, depending how much how much bank this makes you bet you Will Smith may not be too happy Will Smith's not in it <laughs> especially if Suicide Squad doesn't do particularly great that this could be another you know one of those bad choices kind of deals that you go back and regret that uh and I'm sure and I also I'm also sure he's not happy that the backstory, you know, the backstory, like on the official site, is that his character is dead, <laughs> that his character died. So they've kind of like they kind of closed the door, at least in theory, they closed the door for Will Smith coming back in case he changes his mind. So I'm sure if he really, if they really, if he really wanted to come back and they wanted him back and they could come to a financial agreement, I'm sure they'd work around. A little thing like death never stopped anybody, right, in a movie. But I think, yeah, I think it looks interesting. I think you had to bring Jeff Goldblum back. I think if you didn't have Jeff Goldblum, even more than Will Smith, because Jeff Goldblum, you know, in a way, Will Smith, yeah, he was a really good pilot, but in a way, Will Smith's character could have been filled by a lot of other people. You know what I mean? A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of other, but, you know, Jeff Goldblum's character was, and, and now that we've seen that, you know, Jeff Goldblum's kind of been a key component in taking the, Taking the technology that was left behind from the aliens and modifying it, and and you know coming up with the hybrid hybridization of their technology and our technology, so that made sense. It's cool that Bill, you know, Bill Pullman will be back as the former president. Jed, Judge Hirsch still being alive in real life, let alone in the movie, is a nice surprise. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that we're going to have Vivica A. Fox is still, you know, because, well, it's not that surprising because this, you know, her son. Who, of course, Will Smith was 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 gonna be, I guess, the adopted father of since they got married. That you know, Will Smith's and Vivica A. Fox's son is is a you know is basically I think more or less is playing that role, uh, the more or less taking the Will Smith pilot role in this movie. So it makes sense that Vivica A. Fox would be in the movie at least for you know some com- some level or playing some com- uh, that's maybe a major component, but just being in there. So yeah, I'm inter- I'm more interested in Independence Day than I was. I still don't necessarily think it's going to be, you know, great, but but I'm I'm a little more optimistic, and I kind of I kind of like the idea that you know, not all the aliens were completely gone off the Earth, which I think is some of the some of the stuff that relates to what what they find in the trailer, that there's like a small color colony or of aliens that didn't didn't get wiped out during the initial defeat and so I kind of like and, and how that factors into the aliens coming back I'm sure it does we'll, we'll figure that out too so yeah I think it's I think I, I it's definitely an interesting it's to me I think it's something that I'm curious about and I think that I would not have said that before the trailer so obviously that is that is good marketing since I, I would, would never have been I would never have thought I would even be middle of the road about Independence Day but here I is <laughs> Welcome to Earth. All <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep out the rest. Uh, number two? Number two, I put Apocalypse. I put X-Men Apocalypse. 
uh, e- even with the concerns about you know how Oscar Isaac's you know apocalypse is going to look, uh, I like the idea. I think it. I I think going having having even though again it's not really go- branching. It's not going. It's not treading on. And it's not you know really breaking new ground or treading in a different direction when you still have Magneto in there. But every, but we almost everybody likes Fastbender, including me, as Magneto. So it would kind of be hard not to have Magneto in an X Men movie. But I was going to say it's kind of nice to be branching off where the main villain seeming is not really Magneto. That Magneto is a villain in the movie, but he's kind of a pawn of somebody else who's more powerful than he is. So it's kind of nice. With all the all the villains that you know the X Men have had in their during their runs to finally have one of the bigger ones show up, so I'm kind of interested in that. I mean, I think having Singer do it makes me intrigued. You know, the, with the tying in with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I'm glad they included that into into the movie into the their version of Apocalypse. I think. Again, I you can probably almost take to the take it to the bank that there'll be a a Hugh Jackman cameo in there somewhere, probably, since his final his final Wolverine movie isn't going to be out for a while. So all he said was that it's going to be his last you know his last time playing Wolverine will be in that movie. Not that he won't appear anywhere else before. So I I would be stunned if nothing else to keep the the streak alive, which is pretty much to have been in every X Men movie so far in some level. To have uh, Hugh Jackman, even if it's a cameo, be in all of them. So I, I think, I the only thing that gets that concerns me a little is again I don't, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I do like Jennifer Lawrence. Do I like her, like her as Mystique? Not particularly. I don't think she's as good as Rebecca Romaine as as Mystique, and I don't really think she's that that interesting a character to make her such a focal point of the of this trilogy. And she's kind of been a pretty important part of this trilogy all along. Yeah, it's a nice, it look, it's a nice change to have her seemingly be on the good guy side and not be waffling. That, that might be nice, but you know, I, I think that makes me a little nervous. I think I'm not entirely sold on the new cast. I was, pre- I mean, I was pretty, pretty pumped up that you know, for when 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 we heard Sansa there got her role as a, uh, as Jean Grey, I I, I was kind of pulling for her. We'll have to. So I think I'm hoping she'll be she'll be good. I'm a little less impressed with Storm, and I want to see about Cyclops. I mean, but I don't know. I think I'm in, I am interested in seeing it. I am interested in the, seeing the X Men face a bigger threat, and we'll just have to and we'll have to see how it plays out. I I think it's Days of Future Past was really good, so I I think that's also a tough nut you know to, to crack as far as following it. So I think that. That's a little. That's kind of challenging. So that. So, I'm maybe that tempers my my tempers my excitement or exuberance for the movie a a little bit. But I do want to see it. Yeah, the X Men movies. I only get really excited for about a week before it releases. Um, I'm gonna go see it. Um, I'm curious about seeing, you know, Sansa as Jean Grey. That's probably my the, the biggest point of my curiosity. Also curious, uh, Angel's in this, right? Yep. Yeah, also curious about Angel. Um, just curious in general to see how the whole thing works out. Uh, curious, you know, uh, 
I, I know Gambit's not in this, but you know, I know that Gambit will kind of played a role in that. Uh, not the necessarily the original story, but I know at one point in the X universe, Gambit was one of the four horsemen. I think. Yeah, right. uh, I think that's true. Then again, then again, to be fair, the number of times Apocalypse came back, almost everybody, yeah. almost everybody was a member of the Four Horsemen at one point. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. I don't have a whole lot of comic reading history with the X Men. Although, to be fair, one of the first comics, because I, I've mentioned this in the past, the the first comics I ever read, there was kind of like a group of five comics, and one of them was a Marvel Masterworks single issue reprint of Giant Size X Men number one. Uh. So. One of my first comics ever was the first appearance of the X-Men. So, you know, I do have a history with the characters. I do, to you know, when, when you talk my top five favorite characters in Marvel, two of them are X-Men, Firestar and Gambit. Uh, so, but I sort of like them outside of the team. Uh, my reasons for liking them are outside of the team. Um, so... You know, uh, we'll see. I mean, if I had a bigger tie to the comics, bigger history with the X Men, then maybe I'd be more excited. But I'm really just sort of with all the X Men movies, even even the ones you know, the Wolverine movies. Um, I guess technically Deadpool could be considered an X Men movie. Um, and the only really one I'm excited for, obviously, is Gambit, which we'll get to in a little bit. But well, you know what? I might as well mention it now. Um, I have three or four lists. My top five, of course. My uh, three pounds of monkey crap list, as Mark would put it, although a minute ago you called it five pounds, so I guess we're weighing Oh, did up. I say five pounds? <laughs> uh, also an interested in list and a not much about list. And the not much about list is stuff that I've heard is supposedly might be slated to release in 2016, but haven't heard anything about. Gambit's one of those. Um, Gambit, if, I, if we knew more about it, it'd probably be in my top five. However... Everything with with regards to Gambit got shuffled around, figured out last minute, and they still haven't changed the release date. Um, so it hasn't they, started principal photography yet, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah. If so there's no stick, way it can meet that date. If they stick to the October thing, this movie's going to be as bad as Fantastic Four. If they move it back, it's got a chance. Uh, but, you know, I, that's the only reason my Gambit's not in there. But Gambit is probably the only one I'm most excited for, obviously, because I said he's my, one of my top five favorite Marvel characters. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have much of a, you know, I'm not going to get excited about Apocalypse until I, you know, about a week before the movie comes out. So uh, my number two is Doctor Strange. I can't wait. Uh, you know, the uh, Marmaduke. Cumble snout, uh, <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> something that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch obviously is, is Stephen Strange. I don't have much of a history with Doctor Strange. Uh, this is just kind of of the Marvel movies that are slated. This is uh, for the next uh, uh, two years. This is the one that I'm most excited about uh, of that grouping, and, and I'm including like Black Panther and stuff like that in there. Um, I'm really excited for it. I don't necessarily know why, because I don't have a uh, particular history with it. Yeah, we got a glimpse of sort of the mystical side of the Marvel Universe with uh, Scarlet Witch, but this is just like balls-to-the-wall mystical insanity. Um, it is supposed to be a trip of a movie. 
it's uh, everything that any uh, I see about it is just uh, evidently just brilliant. Uh, that people just can't believe that they're every every new thing, and people just can't believe that they're 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 actually going for it. Uh, that they're going to be seeing these concepts and things on screen. To prepare for it, I started reading the new uh, Doctor Strange book that Marvel's been putting out, uh, just to kind of familiarize myself with the character. Uh, if, if even half of what's in that title is in this movie, uh, or, or con- half of the concepts that are in this movie uh, are in that title are in this movie, it's just going to be. I mean, it's going to be so insane. Um, yeah, you thought the whole microverse stuff with Ant Man was crazy and trippy. This is just going to be like, you know, drop acid before you go see the movie because you're just going to be glued to your seat. <laughs> like, literally, you're going to just be pressed in there like gravity's holding you to the seat as you just stare slacked all at the screen. <laughs> uh, so I just, I can't wait to see it. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, yeah, he's. People on the internet seem kind of wishy-washy about him but to be honest with you benedict cumberbatch just solidifies himself as an actor in my opinion because of the whole bbc sherlock series which by the way there was a new episode out um uh, about a week or two ago um called the abominable bride uh that whole thing took place largely in the 1800s so not only have you now seen cumberbatch play sherlock in the modern sense but you got to see Sherlock play the or, or Benedict Cumberbatch play Sherlock in a completely different time frame, and he just pulled it off freaking effortlessly. So I mean, I, 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 I to, in my mind, he can do no wrong. So, and 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 it helps that I don't have a history with with Doctor Strange. Um, so I don't see Benedict Cumberbatch in costume or. Uh, on set and in either set photos, either as Stephen Strange or as, you know, full costume, like he appeared on that cover that's coming out, uh, of that magazine that's coming out, in full Doctor Strange gear. I don't see that and go, that's not my Doctor Strange, because I don't have, quote-unquote, a Doctor Strange. I'm just excited to see it. Uh, for the most part, just because it's going to add a whole new side of the Marvel Universe to things. Um you know, we've gotten several great Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they're sort of all of the same ilk. They're all they're all the same sort of side of the Marvel Universe. And now this is a, this is like another Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, you had Thor introducing kind of the the, the cosmic side of things a little bit for the Marvel Universe, but but. Uh, I mean, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just went, fuck Earth, this is balls to the wall, Marvel Cosmic. Uh, this is kind of the same thing going, oh, you saw a very little bit of the Marvel mystic in, in Age of Ultron. Here's everything. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just excited to see them just go absolutely apeshit with this whole new side of the universe. I'm also excited to see how it changes the Marvel Universe after it comes out. You know, I'm I'm excited to see if it impacts you know the the way the movies are done uh, and maybe other cameos that come into other Marvel movies after it comes out. So it's it's got a lot of potential going into it, and it's uh, it's got a lot of potential coming out on the other side of it. So I'm just excited in general. Doctor Strange, Doc, Doctor Strange was probably was my original number two. Uh, 
it would have been higher than Apocalypse. Uh, I am, for many of the same reasons Chad said, I'm really, I'm, I'm definitely pumped for Doctor Strange. Uh, I think Cumberbatch was a good choice. Uh, I know for a long time, at least the, the scuttlebutt has been that they want Doctor Strange to kind of be the linchpin for essentially for Phase Three. They wanted that they that he was supposed to be the character going forward that was going to tie tie in a lot of the new, the newer characters the the show up in some of the newer movies and kind of almost be what it I think it's more like they they, they kind of referenced it more like what Tony Stark had been how Tony Stark had kind of been the 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 the, the, the key factor or the key Avenger if you will to the first you know phase or two phases of of the Avengers that. Uh, of the t- first two phases of the Marvel Universe. The Doctor Strange, that at least in concept, that Marvel had wanted Doctor Strange to kind of like take over that role for Phase 3 and going forward. So almost kind of like an amalgam between Tony Stark and Nick Fury being the common threads that kind of tie every, all the different individual franchises and pulls everybody together when, you know, when they need it the most. I It does... It apps, it's clearly going to take us into a different... Uh, pull us in a different direction. Scarlet Witch maybe sort of kind of showed us that. We don't know because, again, they kind of made her they kind of made her powers almost more science-based because it came from Loki's staff, uh, the scepter. They kind of, so they, they, we don't really entirely know what, you know, what her, you know, whether, she, we, we, because they can't call her a mutant, we don't know if she had some natural abilities in this, in this, you know, to begin with, that were just they did call them en- the enhanced, right? They did refer to them as mm-hmm. the enhanced, so that also could give the impression that there were some that they did have some abilities, which may have been above normal, and then they just took them to the, uh, to the umpteenth level. But again, we don't know entirely if Scarlet Witch's powers are, are, are well, well. I'm sure we're going to find out soon enough. Maybe we'll find out more uh, after after Civil War comes out too. But clearly, Doc- Doctor Strange is going to be taking us into a whole other dimension, literally. That we're going to be finding out about a whole different aspect of whole different power set too. That up to this point really hasn't been proven to exist. We kind of had the combination or Thor kind of rationalizing, you know, you know, science and magic and kind of saying they're the same, right? That's what he said that they were essentially yeah. the same. And now, you know, with Doctor Strange, it's, that could be a wrinkle on that that maybe they're not quite entirely the same. Maybe there's a middle ground where they cross over. But there could very well be something that's pure science, and maybe something that's pure magic. And now, so we'll, again, seeing Doctor Strange will kind of put a little, bring a little more clarity to that. I think exactly what they're going to do. Doctor Strange should, you know, it makes perfect sense that he's that you need you need to harness that aspect. Someone who becomes a master of that aspect will have, or certainly could be a huge factor in, you know, the. Uh, the the, the Infinity War that's coming. That you, you need some. You need a character that has that kind of special power, maybe to try to let, even out the odds a little bit. Especially if that if Thanos's power is more is more science driven, that it would make sense to have someone who kind of can even the odds ever so slightly, or help keep maybe in bringing more more allies too, just because of the ability to use magic. So I'm I am interested. I'm interested to see. Let's see how how you know. Yes, how Asgard and things like that tie into Doctor Strange. To see again, talk about cameos. To see if Doctor Strange will show up at, in 
Ragnarok or at the end or whatever. Do some. Not obviously he won't be co-starring because we got to know that Mark Ruffalo's got that gig lined up. <laughs> but I don't know about Thor. I I, I, did, I did hear rumors that uh, I mean obviously the rumor that uh, Hulk's going to be appearing in that one. But uh, I also heard rumors that Enchantress is going to be part of that movie, uh, a big part of that movie, which which could you be know, the villain. She could be the villain. Yes, exactly. So. But I'm just meaning somewhere like at the end or something, maybe like a, one of the after credit scenes or something, because yeah. because it all depends. Because obviously he's Doctor. Unless I mean, unless Doctor Strange somehow gets introduced. I mean, obviously, but we know by name dropping, he's already been introduced. He was introduced in Winter Soldier by name dropping. That they mentioned Doc. They mentioned you know Stephen Str- Stephen Strange's name. But whether he's going to have a physical cameo or somewhere in Civil War, probably not. I don't think it might be too soon for that. You never considering all the crap that's going on in that movie. But probably, but I would expect to see Cumberbatch pop up certainly in a bunch of a bunch of movies going forward. Who knows, he may even pop up in Ant-Man and Wasp, depending on how you know where they end up going in that movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely excited for Doctor Strange. It is, it is a different Marvel, a different type of Marvel movie, but so far Marvel's done a good job with that. Like we, like I think you, you talked about that. It's kind of like something we haven't seen before, which is true. That for the most part, they've all kind of they've they've all followed some basics. Kind of, there's been some common threads. But you know, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy was a different kind of movie, and Ant Man was a different t- kind of movie. Not entire, not as different as Guardians because you obviously it's it follows the pattern of fo- you know squaring off kind of what the but your your opposite number, which has been kind of there in most of the Marvel. Marvel movies. Not that it's not that it's a unique concept to Marvel. That pretty much is what superheroes are about, facing off against your opposite number for the most part. But you know, Ant Man followed suit, no pun intended, in in that level or on that level, but Ant Man based on the whole structure of the movie and everything else was a much different kind of, much different movie. And Doctor Strange is gonna follow suit in that role. So uh, yeah, I think I think Marvel's on Marvel's really, really Right now, it's kind of hard pressed to look ahead at, at Marvel's release schedule and think about which which is their next danger area at this point, because they dodged the Ant Man hurdle, and that was more because of the the baggage of pre production with that movie, with Edgar Wright and everything else, and and obviously Guardians, you know that 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 big gamble paid paid off for them. So the question is, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see looking down the road, you know, the next movie that they're going to come out with, which is because I, I don't think Doctors. And I could be wrong, but I don't think Doctor Strange is as, is as much of a gamble as some of Mm-mm. as as those. I think Doctor Strange, I think Doctor Strange is a little more of a safe bet. Not you know, it's not a Thor, Captain America, Iron Man safe bet, but I but I think it's a safe bet. It's certainly a character that comic book fans know of much more than the Guardians of the Galaxy or maybe not Ant Man as a concept, but certainly uh, the Scott Lang Ant Man. Probably you know, it's safe to say Stephen Strange was was better known than that. So I think so I think Marvel's doing really really well and I think I think they're continuing to plow forward and and DC just hopes that they're going to be able to begin to catch up. <laughs> Speaking of Marvel, your number 1? My number 1 and which is which Chad graciously at least allowed me to hold on to. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It's turnabout is fair play cuz I think I probably copped or stole two, a few more of his movies than he stole of mine maybe last year. 
Uh, Captain America Civil War, no brainer here is the uh, for me anyway, as the my go to must see movie of the year, just like Winter Soldier, I believe, was number one two years ago. Uh, and actually, to be honest, Civil War is probably the 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 movie that I am the really the only true movie on my list. Of course, Chad has one that I'm pumped for too, but still not as much as Cap. But of all the movies on my list, anyway, Civil War is the only one I'm truly, truly pumped for. Really interested to see how they're going to how they're going to pull it off. It seems clear that a lot of the catalyst for what's going on in this movie is going to be not just what we saw happen at the end of Ultron with with, with Sokovia being destroyed and the Sokovia Accords, which I guess is basically going to I guess the destruction of that of Sokovia is going to be the catalyst for the their version of the the Registration Act, however they phrase it, the having the government oversight of superheroes, and um, and Bucky's, you know, Bucky being in, as the Winter Soldier being a, an outcast or being wanted, a wanted man, and Steve's desire to protect him and rehabilitate him is obviously going to put him, those two, th- and of course his objection to the concepts in the Accords are going to put them on the collision course with Tony Stark and you know the Avengers basically picking sides, and so I. It seems like there's a real. There's a lot. Again, there's a lot of stuff going on in that movie. Just just based on what we know already, and it's obviously there's going to be stuff we don't know. But I. But there's no reason to think you know that it's not going to be pulled off. There's no reason to think that you know that movie's not going to come off very very well. Uh, the last Captain America movie was very very. Very very good. Winter Soldier was a lot of people prefer Winter. Once Winter Soldier came out, it bumped down Avengers as people's favorite Marvel movie <laughs> for a bunch of people. And and see, I could I could see part of that because I, and it's it's really interesting because Cap of all of this group of Avengers, well now that they have, excuse me, now that they have the Vision in there, it's it's more borderline for me. But we know the vi- the vision again, no pun intended, hasn't been particularly fleshed out yet, really. So it's hard to really make a judgment call on the movie version of the vision. But Captain America is clearly my favorite Avenger. Uh, certainly, my favorite movie Avenger, and you know, Chris e- Chris Evans brings so much to it. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. obviously brings tons to Tony Stark, and if you, and if somebody else was playing Tony Stark, he wouldn't be nearly as likable. I don't. I think the fact that Robert Downey Jr. has a certain has a certain gift and a certain humanity he brings to that character that makes him, even though he is an arrogant dick a lot of the time, he still you you still want to like him as opposed to somebody else playing Tony Stark. He might not have that charm, and it'd be less of a less of a conflict or less of a tough spot trying to choose between which one of these characters, if you had to pick one, you you would side with. I think, but I but I I liked Winter Soldier. I don't think I don't think it bumped the Avengers down for me. And obviously, you know, you know, with like John Godman and I, we've talked about this. How he, you know, he thought you know Ultron was so much better than the original Avengers, and I don't. Even now, even though I like Ultron better after seeing it like its second and third time, but I still, I don't, I don't think it's as enjoyable and it's as rewatchable as the original Avengers. But I do, th- I know. But your point is well taken that a, a lot of people did like that Captain. Uh, People were really impressed with Winter Soldier just because it took again Marvel did something different, kind of doing the espionage kind of movie, 
you know, it's with superheroes thrown in. So it kind of, so it, they took it in a different direction. And just like some people, and I wasn't one of them, but some people didn't like First Avenger. Some people really didn't. Some people thought First Avenger was one of the worst of, of the like Phase One Marvel movies, and I didn't. I thought it was, I thought it was. They did. They captured the essence of the character well, and they did. A, I think they did a really good job telling the story that they had to tell. So, I. It's kind of ironic that with with a lot of people having negative thoughts, I think, on, about First Avenger or being being okay, you know, it's okay, not great. That if the, that if Civil War is just half as good as people are, are, think are expecting it to be, that if you look at the the trilogies that have come out at the end of the day with the main Avengers, that Captain America is probably going to have the most successful one because <laughs> he may have started off at a lower point, but he but his movies got better. <laughs> Iron Man peaked at Iron Man one. <laughs> And you can make a case up to right now, Thor, certainly, I think. Most people would say Thor, the original, is better than uh, Dark World. So if Ragnarok doesn't hit you know, hit a home run, then I think it wouldn't be much of a contest, at least based on solo movies that Cap has turned out, turned as overall, when you when you weigh all three combined, that it would turn out to be, certainly as a shot, to turn out to be the most, you know, most highly regarded trilogy of the, the individual characters thus far. I, I, I'm not, I, you know, you hear conflicting things about how this movie's going to end and where they're going with it, and to see how true yeah. they're going to stick to the story, you know, the story Well, not line. just, not just the story, I mean, how did Civil War end? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, that's what I mean, that's uh, what I'm going, yeah. that's what I'm going with, it, the ultimate resolution as far as dealing with Steve Rogers, let's put it that way, that part of it, that, you know, there have been things that have been out there that kind of give you the impression they're going to go, they are going to go in a certain direction, and then it's a matter of you know where they're going to go afterwards. Even though again, you can take it to the bank depending how they how they resolve it. That you know, Chris, especially since Chris Evans, I believe, has at least one movie left on his contract, that he's not even if he doesn't re up, that you're going to see him somewhere in Infinity War, no matter what. That I think it, yeah, it opens it opens a lot of doors, and it that would be a very interesting take if they decide if they decided to kill Steve Rogers. Spoiler alert, if they decided to do that, which, of course, is what actually happened at the end of Civil War when Steve basically surrendered or was taken into custody, <clears throat> that if they actually do that, that would be quite an interesting – be really interesting to see how people react to that. Mm. You know, and of course, we'll have to see how the movie is and see how – because by all – you know, by everything people are saying, much like – maybe not as Maybe the actual storyline in the comic book was was a little more clear cut about probably which side more people would really side with, but the movie I think is supposed to be that it's really kind of like up in the air who's who's really either nobody's in the right or they're both in the right that kind of that kind of thing and the irony of of a character who's in Steve Rogers who normally is you know the normally is good at taking orders and believes in the discipline. And just go is that he's kind of like not so sure that he sh- that they should be blindly following orders as opposed to Tony Stark, who was the guy who pretty much did his own thing and didn't care and didn't want anybody getting in his business, and now th- kind of like gravitating after all the events and everything that that have happened to make him think, well, we probably do need maybe we shouldn't just be running amok on our own now. Maybe there should be somebody kind of like having some kind of control over us since we can't do a great job ourselves or up to this point. Yeah, and then the the scene that everybody's getting all aboard the fields trained for. I'm sorry, Tony. He's my friend. So was I. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, yeah, that that 
Which, which is a really well acted scene. But again, if, if there's if there is if there is a weakness in this concept, and I think we've talked we talked we probably talked about this building up to Ultron. I think maybe that if there is going to be a weakness with this as far as the conflict, because the true essence of Civil War, besides you know the t- taking one side or the other, was the fact that you had these two characters that were such good friends, and they had such a track record together of being part of. Partners in partners in heroism, not crime, but the kind, but the phrase partners in crime for so long that now based that that something happened that was so important to both of them that they had that they were more willing willing to break apart than because of you know because of their beliefs. The problem, as it kind of has been established in, or not established, if you will, up to this point through the first you know two phases into phase three, is that to, while Tony Stark and Cap have a they have a kind of like you know almost like a you know big brother little brother relationship from the point of view that they're always kind of like ragging on each other and things like that. They really had, and they've tried they, they try to establish a little bit maybe more of a of a relationship between them and Ultron a little bit, but based on real timing and what we've seen on the screen, you know there's not a huge amount of time there invested between the two of them, as far as being buddy buddy. It's a relatively short time frame that they've been interacting, let alone friends. So that dynamic of splitting them apart, that almost is more like service to the audience, if you will, than to based on what, what we've actually seen on the screen so far. Because those two, those two characters aren't, you know, those two characters really don't have as much invested in each other based on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that could be the only that could be the only weakness. But again, what we see in the movie and how the plot, you know, how they develop it, it may not be as big a deal because they they obviously are going to tweak some things to begin with. Yeah, and speaking of opening doors, there's three things that are opening doors that we didn't even talk about. Spidey uh, is supposed yep. to be in this movie for the first time because now, I mean, he's not back in the hands of Marvel, but Sony and Marvel are working together now with Spidey. Um, so Spider-Man's going to be in there. Black Panther uh, is going to be in there. Um, and spoilers for those who don't want to know, so fast forward like five or ten seconds. <laughs> But according to toy solicits for Lego, <laughs> uh, yes. uh, 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 Ant Man is going to go Giant Man in this one. So I mean, there's so many, there's three different doors right there that open up for uh, within this one movie for the Marvel Universe. Not to mention what Mark just said about the potential ending for Civil War if they stay true to the comics. So I mean, there's, 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 and and it's, it's to be honest with you, it's really those three things or four if you include the potential ending based on the comics. It are those three or four things that are make me really excited for this movie. To me, as much as I, I sort of take it for granted that all these Marvel movies are going to be good. So the stuff I get excited about isn't necessarily the storyline. It's what are they adding to the universe? What is new in under the sun in the Marvel cinematic universe? And those are the three or four things that are new under the sun to the DC, to the Marvel universe. So I'm I'm just look, looking forward to seeing that part of it. To be honest with you, those are the those are the main things I'm interested in. And not to mention, but the uh, I don't know if you heard recently, but evidently the I mean, it, not like it's a big surprise, but evidently the cast for um, the the Black Panther movie is going to be an all African American cast uh, or or Almost. you know. I, Ninety percent, <laughs> something like that. So I'm excited for that reason. I'm excited. You know, that's that's uh, it, you you got 
kind of an, another side of the of the of the world. I mean, the literal planet uh, in the Marvel universe um, when you got Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver. But this is like a whole other continent, you know. We're, we're we're exploring something else with Black Panther. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see how they do Spidey. I'm excited how do they they do that one spoiler thing that I mentioned. Uh, for those of you who fast forwarded through that, <laughs> but, have not uh, rewind. Uh, uh, but I mean, I mean, like I'm just excited for all those new characters and concepts, uh, and to see how that all works out. Um, I'm just, I, like I said, I'm just excited for to, to see what's new under the sun in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I just, uh, I just take it for granted that all the Marvel Cinematic movies are going to be good. And the interaction of some of the newer. The interaction of the newer characters, including some of the characters that had just been recently introduced, like Paul Rudd's going to be interesting. Just watching him interact with almost anybody, because Paul because Paul Rudd is so he's so good. Just like even that clip they showed of him with Steve Rogers, like he just, just how he just keeps shaking his hand. It's like I'm still shaking your hand, aren't I? It's like like so. I I think I think that I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward. I am looking forward to seeing you know the way the sides you know. When, the te- when they square off, not just the actual fighting, but you know the decision making involved. Because mm-hmm. for some characters, obviously, it's going to be a little more difficult. You know, it's not. It's like it's kind. Of, even though we know as when Ultron ended, you know, your War Machine was part of Cap's team. But you know, is it surprising that based on what we saw that he's going to that he sides with Tony? You know, based on what we've seen so far, that he ends up on Tony's side, seemingly. You know, when they actually start fighting, no, that's kind of, that's kind of predictable. Uh, Probably is more. It's probably more of a surprise that you know Scarlet Witch. I mean, excuse me, Black Widow seems to be. You know, she's the one who I think supposedly stays with Tony, which would be surprising, because she has established a personal relationship with Steve Rogers. And plus, we kind of always known going back to the you know to Iron Man two that she and Tony Stark didn't exactly have the best relationship. <laughs> so it, the little things that make, the little things that make. Like things like that seem more believable. I'm interested in seeing, you know, seeing how they play out. Uh, other than that, there's not a whole lot, you know, not a whole lot of. Uh, and of course, it opens the door for some people switching sides. You know, they start off on one side and they go to the other. Uh, but it's it, but it's but it's interesting. It, it's it's so I, I'm I'm curious in that. And again, I'm curious how much you know how much of the movie is. Because it, because what completely gets left out, of course, in all the hype about this movie is you know that we there actually is a real villain in this movie, not even regarding Civil War. <laughs> you know, Baron Zemo is supposed to be the bad guy in this movie, Crossbones. along with Crossbones. Yes, along with Crossbones, who's supposed to have a more of a minor role, I guess, through most of the movie at least, regardless you know regarding you know regardless of whether he factors into the end or not too. But you know the whole it's uh. So I'm interested. That's you know, the whole you know the initial plot of the movie. You will of Steve. Of what I think, but get Steve like to Wakanda and di- or in different places. Or uh, yeah, those are things that are not you know completely kind of not even being touched on because everybody's all excited about you know what Spidey going to look like. Who's Spidey going to fight? Is he going to be on one side? You know, is he going to be on Tony's side to start with and end up on Cap's side? You know, there's there's you know there's lots of things to 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 ponder about that. So. I thought, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be, it's one of those things where you're looking forward to, but it's always kind of sad when things split up, even though I guess you can kind of be optimistic to realize that at the end of the day, they have to come back together and because of the, of the Infinity War coming. 
it can only be like a minor bump in the road in the big picture because they got bigger fish to fry. Uh, my number one, I mean, you guys knew, it's a comic book-based podcast. None of us have said it yet. Ghostbusters! It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty easy. BVS DOJ. <laughs> Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Okay, yes. Talked a lot of shit about this movie. I've said in the past, and I'll say it again, even when I was talking shit, it's a live-action Batman-Superman movie. I'm going to go see it. can talk all the shit I want about it. I'm still going to sit my ass in a seat on opening night and see it. Um, so, Batman, all the footage I've seen, Batman looks solid. Superman... Still not necessarily sold on the characterization based on the things I've seen in Man of Steel and the things I'm seeing here. Hopefully they reach a lighter tone. A lot of people, Mark, I'm not sure if you're one of these people, but a lot of people have said at the end of this movie, maybe maybe the reason it's called Dawn of Justice is we go through kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's the sunshine after the storm. You know, we're going to get the storm in this movie and we're going to come out the other side with a lighter DC universe, sort of uh, DC cinematic universe. Maybe not drastically lighter, maybe not on par with, uh, uh, and it's kind of odd to say, but maybe not on par with a Marvel universe, but, you know, it's it might be lighter. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with it, not just plot wise, but how tonally where we end up at the end of this movie. Um Wonder Woman's in it. I've seen, you know, like a good handful of the Linda Carter Wonder Woman episodes uh, from the 70s uh, TV series. But it's, I mean, guys, the last time we got a live action Wonder Woman outside of that failed pilot, uh, TV pilot a couple years ago, was in the 70s. It's about, and, and forget the whole, you know, whatever, the feminist or sexist thing side of things. Just, just in general, it's about damn time we got a new Wonder Woman, don't you think? Um, the rumors about Cyborg, the rumors about Flash, the rumors about maybe possibly Green Lantern, um, the rumors, uh, not the rumors, the, the confirmed stuff about Aquaman, um, you know, the, the stuff with, that you've seen in the trailer with Doomsday, uh, who looks awful, like, I don't understand why they couldn't just make, I mean, would it, would it really have been that hard to make him look like the comic book? I mean... Maybe he's evolving, Chad. Maybe he'll get to that point. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but I mean, he just looks like one of the trolls from Lord of the Rings, or uh, or uh, what's his name from the Hulk movie. Oh, uh, the Abomination. Yeah, they they all kind of look the same. There's actually a, a graphic online that shows all these various characters side by side with Doomsday, and they all the Doomsday from this trailer, and they all look like roughly the same thing. Uh, so there's that. Um, uh, I'm interested to see how Jesse Eisenberg portrays Lex Luthor. I'm I'm kind of, on the one hand, I'm concerned because of the craziness. On the other side, I'm kind of wondering if maybe this is a fake out. I mean, not necessarily those scenes won't be in the movie, but we're not getting even a fifth of what we're really going to see from Lex Luthor in this movie. Um, so I'm, I'm curious there. Um, you know, there's... The the big thing, and I have on my uh, my interested in list is uh, Suicide Squad, and the reason it's only on my interested in list is because Batman versus Superman is the movie. Now, yes, Man of Steel was technically the first movie in this universe, but Batman v Superman is the movie that sets it all up. 
despite Man of Steel being the first movie, this is the movie that sets it all up. This is the movie that on the back of this movie rides the rest of the future of the DC cinematic universe. Yes, Suicide Squad is already finished, principal photography and everything's already done. That movie is going to happen. But whether or not people go see it rides on this movie. Whether or not we get The Flash, The Cyborg, The Wonder Woman, The Green Lantern Corps movie, The Justice League movie, all this stuff, whether or not we actually get these movies rides on the back of this movie. So, you know, as much as Mark and I have, uh, have, uh, in this episode and in previous similar episodes, have gushed about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is it, guys. This is the DC Cinematic Universe's chance to make good on the history and, and marketability and overall fan fever pitch that people across the world have for these characters. This is their shot. Now, I'm not saying that if this movie fails, the public might give them another shot in, you know, two, three, five years down the line. But by and large, for, for, for the nonce, this is the chance that DC has. And it's all on this movie. So... It's not just the actual movie itself that makes me excited. The DC universe that I love so very much, that I know like the back of my hand, all future movies, concepts, characters, ideas that you could possibly see on the silver screen, it all rides on this movie. So it's number one, not just for the movie itself, but for everything that could possibly come after it it needs to be good i need to see it i need to know what happens i it, it's it's a foregone conclusion that my ass is going to be in the seat opening night i didn't buy move uh, i didn't go online and you know when i heard the the star wars tickets were on sale i didn't go online and try and buy any this movie when they say tickets are on sale you better believe Chad's going to be online the day of or the day after trying to get tickets for opening night. So I don't, I mean, the, I can't say, I mean, I can't say anything else right now that wouldn't be repeating myself. The, I mean, this is it. This is, this is DC's chance. Batman versus Superman clearly was in my top five as well. Uh, it, and it probably would have been number two. If, you know, if, if I, you know, if we were making, like we, we actually, we normally do this, but if we weren't uh, going over the list ahead of time, probably would have been Cap One, Batman, Superman Two, Strange Three, and then then uh, then probably down to Apocalypse. So probably only probably only Rogue One of my bot of my original bottom three here might have might have slipped in. Uh, I am I I did like the last tra I did like the last trailer the best. I think the last trailer probably got me more pumped for the, for this movie. Maybe it's just, just the whole Wonder Woman appearance. You know, maybe they were just her showing up and saving everybody's bacon, pretty much. I she looks of, gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. Well, she is. I mean, I, mean that, I, I know. I know it's the actress, but I just mean, man, does she pull off that costume in the few seconds we've seen her. And I don't mean sexually. I, I just mean, mean she she pulls it off. Yeah, I, I think that I think that 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 reveal works really, really well. Uh 
it's good to see Doomsday. Yeah, he doesn't quite look like Do- you know the typical Doomsday. At least they could have made his made him facially look a little bit more like Doomsday, kind of like with the, with with the beard, you know, kind of like the stone beard or whatever the the things growing out of his face. They almost make him look like he has a beard. That, but but like it's but hope again, hypo- hypothesizing and hoping at the same time that uh, maybe again he's going to be in a that's like the newborn Doomsday and he's going to continue to evolve. No matter how you know what he ends up, where he ends up, how he ends up at the end of this movie, that seeing him again, hopefully he'll look more like our classic Doomsday, if not in this movie down the road. But I think that's pretty cool having coming up with you know coming up with at least now, even if he's not the true you know the big big bad of the movie, we at least know that he is a based on the Doomsday we that we know if he's anywhere. In, on a power level, if he's anywhere close to that, then it would make sense why he would at least, at least need these three characters to, to be able to come together to be able to deal with him. Because Doomsday by himself would, you know, obviously Batman wouldn't stand a chance. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how Batman, Batman like Batman is, he wouldn't stand a chance if Doomsday got, got hold of him. <laughs> uh, it would be... Superman and he may come up with a strategy, but it'd be Superman and Wonder Woman that would have to pretty much implement it. So I'm I'm pumped at that. I am a little I agree I'm a little nervous about the Luther thing because it still seems like Jesse Eisenberg is playing Jesse Eisenberg, at least a little bit. But you are correct; it could be a fake out, and I've seen and Jesse Eisenberg is certainly capable of, of reining it in and not being so over the top all the time. So I think. Yeah, it could, this could be almost like it could be a fake out from the point of view that he could be this could be the persona he puts on for some to some people on to make them think that he's just you know he's just not to let to lessen the threat that he is by making him seem like so non-serious and so comical when you know he could be completely dead serious and not you know even amusing at all behind the scenes. I. I really hope that we pretty much don't see the other members of the Justice League except for cameos, stuff towards the end of the movie, uh, whether at their after credit scenes or whether they're just you know little teeny cameos through, towards the end of the movie. I just I just don't want to see it. There's a there's a lot of stuff in this movie. They got to do a lot of stuff in this movie. I don't I think that will just bog it down. We might see more of Aquaman just because they seem to be pushing pushing the look and pushing the toys and things like that of him more than any other Justice League member other than the three, you know, the Trinity. I doubt, I mean, I doubt we're seeing Green Lantern only because unless this is one of their best kept secrets in a long time, we even haven't, you know, they haven't even talked. There's been nothing about casting except all the rumors that have been shot down. (laughs) So, and plus, if they're really going to do core, then maybe they truly haven't made up their mind yet how, you know, which which characters they're going to do. How many? What's the, you know where they're going with the story? So maybe they're going to kind of let it develop a little more naturally. Maybe they maybe they we hope they assume they're going to do Hal. You know they'll have Hal be the one in the Justice League to start with, and then take it from there. And, and they still have time to introduce Hal. Maybe they won't introduce Hal toward until the into the first movie or toward the end. Who knows? I am. What you said about you know we clearly clearly the stakes are very high. With this movie, uh, Man of Steel was somewhat. It was somewhat financially successful. It was somewhat critically successful, but it certainly wasn't the home run that people had hoped it was going to be. 
certainly Warner Brothers DC, they thought it was they thought they were going to have a much bigger movie on their hands than they ended up having. Uh, which you, one could make the case that maybe maybe that made them speed up their decision to basically not really do a Man of Steel sequel and go directly in you know and go directly into uh, basically building a, a mini Justice League movie to build up to build and open the door for the Justice League movie as opposed to doing a natural sequel to Superman which is or Man of Steel which was what was supposed to happen so maybe you know maybe they just figured that you know we can't really we can maybe they just figured it wasn't worth rolling the dice in case they came out with another Superman movie and it wasn't and people didn't like it any more than the than Man of Steel and maybe they thought it could hurt their universe building but it isn't it is interesting their decision making we're going to we're going to see relatively soon cuz this movie's March we're going to see relatively soon Right, it is March, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, March three twenty-five. Uh, I got confused with Cap for a second because actually, first I had a bra- I had a brain freeze thinking back when they released Winter Soldier, like in in April, which was such an odd time. That we'll no- we'll know soon enough what's actually in the movie, whether they they cl- cluttered it up too much or whether they have just enough with the right tone, you know, from a tonal point of view, and to really, you know, to really open the door. They still obviously are forced feeding it a lot more than Marvel did, but mm. but it's a different approach. Who you know we'll we'll see if it pays off. And again regarding Suicide Squad, you know, you know on this show before I think Jim's talked about this too, the idea that following up Batman versus Superman with Suicide Squad it's a gamble. It's a big gamble. It's especially a big gamble if despite the fact that we know Batman versus Superman is going to make tons of money. At least to start with, if people don't really like it, then having then following it up with a movie about characters that most people either don't know about or don't care about all that much is, is an even bigger gamble. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like the Rogue. Even though anything with Star Wars isn't truly a gamble, but it's kind of like how Rogue One could have been somewhat of a gamble if 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 it was in a different franchise where you didn't know the movie coming before it was going to be was going to do block you know be a blockbuster. And, they, and and a blockbuster that people I think had confidence in that people were going to like, as opposed to just going to see and then almost like a, like like Phantom Menace where people went to go see it and then they were really disappointed with afterwards and that kind of like kind of soured them for a while on the not soured them enough to completely avoid it but just lessen their interest. Mm. So I don't think so. Bat, Batman versus Superman, if that's not you know, it, it could have that kind of effect on Suicide Squad. I, I clearly they're hoping it has coattails. You know, there's a bump. There's the Batman Super you know, Superman bump, like the Avengers bump. That's what they're hoping for. We'll see. I I have Suicide Squad on my on my three to five pounds monkey crab list. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. We're I think it's safe to say that we're gonna do an episode on Civil War. We're gonna do an episode on Batman v Superman. Uh, the rest of it, I don't know how many specific movie review episodes we want to do in a year, <laughs> but I, I, I think those two are a foregone conclusion, yeah. uh, if we're only going to pick two. Um, now, I will say this, just as a heads up, listeners, I'm going to say it now. There are two ways, two or three ways, I'm going to approach this movie when we get to a review. Either I'm going to be so taken up in the spectacle that I'm not going to give it a critical eye. 
or I'm going to be so disappointed and critical <laughs> that I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be nitpicking the shit out of this movie when we finally review it. Or it's going to be a combo of both. The first time we review it, I'm just going to be caught up in the spectacle and the excitement and it's, you know, a brilliant movie and everything's fine. And then I'm going to come down off that high and then it's going to sound like a completely different Chad who watched a completely different movie. So I'm giving you a heads up right now that Chad might sound hypocritical in the next month or two. So just a heads up. <laughs> or he's going to going to sound uh, schizophrenic one of the two. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm giving you an ample heads up there because there's like I said there's so much writing on this movie. So much writing on this movie that I so desperately want it to be good that I might just allow myself to be caught up in the utter spectacle of it and <laughs> not and, and have to wait a while before I actually give you my real review of it. <laughs> we 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 really don't want the sad Chad Bokel. It'll be kind of it'll be really sad beginning an episode. It's like, hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. <laughs> Almost like you're falling asleep. It's like, I'm Chad Bokelman. I I guess we're gonna talk about this movie. <laughs> and then Chad will go silent for like 20 minutes while I talk as he gets as he regains composure. It'll probably be more in between. I don't think you'd be totally sad chad i think worst case scenario you'll kind of be in between like you said you'll 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 you might be able to sing the praises of the of the spectacle aspects of it and then be able to step back and go okay looking at it from a plot point of view excuse me looking at it from a plot point of view or, or from a, what i my expectation point of view this absolutely sucked <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, the rest of the list, I'm just going to go ahead and list off some things because I, I sure. don't have much to actually say. That's fine. Um, so from the not much about list, and I'm pretty sure this isn't happening, Sandman. And I do mean the DC Comics Sandman with Dream and all of that stuff. Evidently, this has been on the list of things that DC really wants to do. Odd, though, that it wasn't on the official list of uh, movies that DC is going to do in terms of DC Universe movies. Uh, you know, when they announced the lineup through 2020 um, with all those solo movies and team-up movies on there and the Lego Batman movie and all that. <laughs> but Sand Sandman wasn't a part of it. Now, that's not to say that DC doesn't have other movies in the work for their properties – just maybe that they're not tied into the main DC cinematic universe. Like I, you know, we've heard so many things about the Justice League Dark movie, um, and and you know, of course, now Sandman. Don't think it's going to happen. And to be honest with you, I don't have much of a history with the Sandman series. I did download it all recently so that I could read it because I've heard wonderful things about the utter existential trip of. And this is going to sound emo, of, of dark beauty that is that series. And just hearing how, you know, there, there are comic books out there that people rave about, and there are comic books out there that people just adore. I mean, they just love them. They, there's, there's, it's just, it's just this, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's a, there's a difference between a good story and a, and a, a comic that just speaks to you. 
and evidently Sandman is one of those stories. So I, I really doubt it's happening in 2016, although the rumor was that it might be happening in 2016. Um, since we haven't heard anything about it going forward, again, really, really, really doubt it. Uh, but just in case, I wanted to throw it on there. Uh, already mentioned Gambit Underworld Five. Ah uh, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the Underworld series. Um, no matter how bad the movies get, uh, or or how bad or weird certain scenes with certain CGI get, I, I I can't help myself. I watch the crap out of those movies. Uh, again, not much there yet uh, about that movie, but uh, I heard Kate Beckinsale's attached to it, so I'm automatically on board. Um, another one, of course. Godzilla Resurgence, uh, which is actually a movie coming from Toho. Toho in Japan is producing this movie. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is I've seen pictures online of what the costume looks like, and I'm not a fan. Uh, but again, I've said, I'm not going to say it again here, but I've said a billion times in the past when I've spoken about Godzilla, about my undying love for Godzilla. Uh, you know, it's 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 a Godzilla movie. It's a Toho Godzilla movie. I'm gonna see it. Um, uh, two others. One that's been on the list for a long time from Nickelodeon for several years now, but just keeps getting pushed back. The Hey Arnold movie. Um, Mark, I don't know if you keep your ear to the ground. I know you keep your ear to the ground on a lot of movies, but I don't know if, if this is the a side of the movie universe you keep a ear to the ground on. But this is a story basically telling uh, Arnold's history, like where his parents went, you know, kind of picking up where the series left off, the cartoon series left off. And it's been on the on the the plans, off the plans, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and you know, it's now yet again resurfaced that it might be coming out in 2016. Um, that was one of the few cartoons of that era, that specific, uh, yearly time frame that I was really excited about. That was, that was enjoyable. I have the complete Hey Arnold series on DVD. Um, so I'd be excited to see that. And then another one on my not, not much about, haven't heard much about list is the Jumanji remake. You heard about this? Yeah, I, I, I threw it on my crap list. <laughs> But, well, only out of principle because I don't think anybody in the universe was clamoring for a Jumanji remake. <laughs> no, it's perfect the way it is. I that, mean, that, that and Zathura, I don't think people really need to see another remake of the little because of the concept of the movie alone, let alone how the movie was made. It's like, do you really need to do it? Why? Uh, I don't even think they've started phot principal photography for that one. Uh, it's just a, 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 it's kind of in a. It's almost like it's almost in the gambit stage right now. Like they've got people maybe attached to it, but we don't know anything. Um, but I've I've heard that there's going to be a new Jumanji movie. Um, uh, my interested in list, and we can do the three pounds of monkey list, uh, uh, the three pounds of monkey crap list together. In my interested in list, the only because we've only seen kind of a teaser trailer and a holiday special teaser. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets movie, that looks awesome. That looks fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm definitely probably gonna go see that. that that's is that that's Pixar, right? I think so. Okay, yeah, it's it's kind of takes place on in one particular apartment uh, building in New York, and and what pets do after you leave for work or school. Um, you've probably seen the trailers of that. Like that Dashun gets under the 
the mixer on the counter and is like scratching his back. Uh, um, Finding Dory. I mean, no, everybody uh, and their mother loves Finding Nemo. Um, That was that was a really great Pixar movie. I'm excited to see it. You know, Ellen DeGeneres is is, you know, some people think she's overrated or, or whatever. You know, I find myself every now and then on YouTube watching several clips from her show, uh, her her daytime show, and it makes me laugh. Um, she adores the role of Dory. So, you know, obviously when, when someone who brings that much joy to people is excited and happy about their role, it's worth checking out to me. And plus it's attached to the whole Finding Nemo thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. And another Pixar movie, or might be a DreamWorks movie, Zootopia. Yes, isn't that coming out? I thought that was. Is that coming out soon? Pretty soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah Zootopia. Uh, it's uh, anthropomorphic uh, animals, uh, so animals walking on two legs that have, that wear clothes and you know kind of go about their day to day lives like you and I do. Uh, so that's that's something I'm interested in. Not none of these are anything I'm particularly excited for. Uh, but just things I've kind of heard of or seen bits and pieces of and go, eh, maybe when we get closer to it, I might go see it. But uh, I don't know if you have any of those on that list before we get to the three pounds of monkey crap thing. The only um, – most of the movies that were in my middle ground we've, we've already discussed. Uh, I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's in my uh, three pounds of monkey crap. Is it? I thought you liked Teenage Mutant oh, – you guess you didn't like the first movie. Okay, okay. I should probably change it to 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 interested in and probably going to see. Um, see, the, the I think you and I approach our three pounds of monkey crap list differently. Thing you, I think you approach it of I'm not interested at all. I, I'm I approach it like I'm not really pumped, but you're probably going to see it anyway. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, and and Ninja Turtles is on that. First of all, Michael Bay is in it. Second of all, Megan Fox is in it. So those those are my main reasons for putting it on the three pounds of monkey crap list. But with the trailer, Bebop and Rocksteady look ripped right out of the goddamn comic book. I mean, uh, the the cartoon series. I mean, we're talking like pixel for pixel, almost right out of 3D uh, CGI representation right out of the damn cartoon series. So it looks perfect. And... Spoilers for those who don't want to know, like, little things. So taking the the whole thing approach where we're talking about Civil War, fast forward 10, 20 seconds. The toy line has been revealed, and fucking Krang and the Technodrome are in this thing. Like, I am trying really hard not to be excited. But this seems like an episode or, or, or a storyline right out of the of the cartoon series. So it is really hard for me not to get excited about this movie based on everything we've heard recently. <laughs> but yet it was on your crap list. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's mainly because of Megan Fox and Michael Bay. She wasn't so uh, bad in the first one. And Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell from Arrow uh, uh, is is playing Casey Jones. So, I mean, just <laughs> everything else about this movie besides Michael Bay and Megan Fox has me just psyched. <laughs> and it's, I'm trying not to be. <laughs> I actually watched the first one on Netflix, and I didn't think it was so bad. So that's that's probably if if I had not done that, probably this would have been on my crap list too. 
the only the only other movie that's on my middle of the roads list that we haven't already discussed, I I throw in the Alice in Wonderland sequel, the mm. Through the Looking Glass one. I have a I have a Disney movie on my Three Pounds of Monkey crap list as well. Not that one. I yes. figured it wasn't that one. Uh, so if you want to you want to start the crap list. Yes, uh, just because I mentioned it, the Disney movie, The Jungle Book. Ah. So what is it about the jungle? I mean, the jungle. To be and now being fair, I'm not being accusatory. The Jungle Book was something. In all honesty, because I didn't care, I cared so little about it that I didn't. That's why I didn't bother even writing it down to sort in, in either the middle or the or the crap list. But I'm curious to what why you put it on your crap list. <laughs> the CGI looks weird. They're in a tough spot trying to do that one CGI because people are so used to the, you know, the, the, the classic animated version of that. Yeah, and uh, but on, at the same time, you know, when I talk my favorite Disney animated movies, it's Aladdin and Hercules are up there. But if I'm honest with myself, if I were to take all of them and maybe create a top five or, or top ten, Jungle Book's in there somewhere. Really good movie. I, I enjoy it. At the, so I'm, I'm naturally curious. I'm also curious because Bill Murray's attached to it, and so is Scarlett Johansson. I mean, it's I'm, so I'm real curious. But at the same time, I see this some, not all of it, but some of the CGI looks weird. Um, particularly Shere Khan and, um, Oh, what was the snake's name? Oh. Uh, I can't remember. Shere Khan's the tiger. Uh, Bagheer is the panther. Um, and, of course, Baloo the bear. And um, what's his name? The orangutan. Um, but, you know, I, the monkeys look good. But I, I, the apes look good. Just I mean, but I, I, I kind of feel like half the work's already been done to them. And, and no offense, but I mean, half the work's already been done by, you know, kind of watching and learning from the Rise of the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, so it's, you know, with with so much of a template to go off of, it's kind of hard to mess that up. But then you throw in things like the snake and the tiger and the panther and the bear, you know, it's it's a little different. Um, some of the CGI looks great. Some of it looks weird. I don't know if that has to do with maybe it's not finished yet. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm naturally curious, like I said, but there are things that make me go, oh, I'm interested in seeing that, and things that make me go, I don't know. <laughs> so. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, should I keep going? Yeah, I figured we were. Go we can trade trade off if you want, but it's up to you. Um, I, I I've said in the past I'm not much of a modern day gamer because modern games make me sick. Oh, Warcraft. Uh, uh, that and another one. Okay. Uh, but there are characters, universes, and concepts that I wish I could have tried to see and be interested in, but I couldn't because of that limitation. Um, I've said in the past that I wish I could play like Skyrim. I wish I could play the shit out of Skyrim. I mean killing dragons and absorbing their souls and this near infinite map that you could just play forever. And, you know, I, I, I wish I could play something like that, but I, I can't, but the Warcraft movie and the Assassin's Creed movie, I, those are characters, concepts, universes that I would have wanted to try. 
but because of that, you know, limitation, I, I couldn't. But now they're going to be in a movie, and maybe I can try the characters and concepts in in that side. So three pounds of monkey crap in that. I have no experience. I don't know if they're going to be good. I don't really care about the particular universe. Don't have any particular attachment to any of the characters, but I'm probably going to see it anyways because in the past I had wanted to try that universe, that world, that set of characters. And then the last one, Ice Age Collision Course. The Ice Ice Age movies are entertaining in their own way. I saw the preview for this. I think it was in front of the Peanuts movie. With the whole UFO, acorn UFO thing. Oh, yeah, thing. Scrat and the UFO and the acorn, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, if I were to take a guess, I'm guessing the main characters survive the asteroid uh, be by, I don't know, a kind of journey to the center of the Earth kind of thing. Like they find this cave and live out the rest of their days under the ground in some sort of paradise or... You know, they get all frozen in ice and thawed out in the 21st, 22nd century, uh, you know, or something something convoluted like that. But, you know, on concept, I'm just curious because it seems like, well, they're all going to die. <laughs> and it's a DreamWorks movie involving characters that people love. Not me, but people love. <laughs> so I'm, I, I really don't think at the end of the movie they're going to be like, well, they're all dead now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just kind of naturally curious about how all that works out but i mean to me it's kind of you know the ice age has kind of reached the shrek thing it's like well enough is enough (laughs) but we'll see (laughs) yeah i i've i'm trying to remember which one i lost i lost interest in ice age in i to be honest going really when i really really think about it i think the i think the only one that i really 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 liked was the first one i don't think i really I, the second one was when they introduced the Queen Latifah character. Was that the uh, second the, one? The, the female Wooly Mammoth? Yeah, that was I the second. So. Yeah, I did. the only the only other Ice Age movie I've really seen completely was the one when they with the Simon Pegg character when they were like in kind of like the went in, into the Earth and the, and the dinosaurs were there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember which one that was. That the last one? The one I don't know. I ha- but either way, those have all kind of blurred together for me. Yeah, Scrat Scrat is cool. I mean, I, I could deal with Scrat on his own, but yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned the fact that yeah, the, the characters were going to die, because that's one of the things you always thought of even in the first movie. It's like, all these characters are going to die at some point. I mean, beyond the fact that everybody dies, but I mean, I mean their species are going to die. <laughs> at least the mammoth is going to die. And it's in the, in the saber tooth, and you know, it's just, they're just de- destined for not good things, so. But they've been, they've been getting the blood out of the stone up to this point, and I don't know if it's cr- quite crossed the Shrek line. I mean, Shrek really hit. Shrek really went into the crapper with the, as I like to call it, Shrek the Turd, the third one. That was horrible. Uh, the fourth one was slightly better, and Puss in Boots was better than either one of those, the last two Shrek movies. I don't think I ever saw that one. You didn't see? The, oh, yeah, the Puss in Boots movie is good. Actually, the Puss in Boots movie, the Puss, uh, as I stutter, the Puss in Boots series on Netflix, which I know you don't have. That that's better than the last two Shrek movies, the animated series that they've done on Puss in Boots. They have like two seasons that are a Netflix exclusive. But yeah, Shrek is really Shrek was the first one was really good. Second one was pretty good, and Puss in Boots is what I think made the second one really really good. And then the third and the fourth one was they just went into the straight down. So Ice Age has kind of been like that too. 
But at least with Shrek, for some reason, maybe because of Puss in Boots, I did care enough to want to see the see the series. I I like the characters in Ice Age, other than John Leguizamo's, but I just don't. Something about I just didn't seem like it was something I needed to keep watching, you know. Yeah. I didn't need to see how their story ended because, in a way, like we said, we know how their story is going to end. Um, just before I wrap up my side of everything, I didn't put any of these on my list, but I was kind of viewing a uh, the the website I used was a, a, a website called um, Movie Insider, um, and I saw that there are three movies I saw. Uh, one that's coming out that's not necessarily a movie that'll be in theaters, maybe select theaters, um, but it's called 400 Days. Uh, it's a sci-fi channel original movie. Um, might be hitting uh, uh, theaters like, like a couple of releases, but definitely on demand and stuff like that. The thing that interests me about this, um, uh, well, uh, the movie Insider gives a synopsis, so I'll just kind of read it. Uh, a psychological sci-fi film centering on four astronauts who are sent to us on a simulated mission to a distant planet to test the psychological effects of deep, deep space travel. Locked away for 400 days, the crew's mental state begins to deteriorate when they lose all communication with the outside world. Forced to exit the ship, they discover that this mission may not have been a simulation after all. Um, the reason I'm interested in it is the cast. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Bad sign, Dane Cook's in it. Um, but, <laughs> but, but three other cast members, Brandon Routh, Katie Lotz, and Tom Cavanaugh. For those of you who, who those names sound familiar, you're probably watching DC TV on Arrow and Flash. Brandon Routh is the Atom. Katie Lotz is, is the, the Canary, the White Canary in Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Black Canary in previous seasons of Arrow. Tom Cavanaugh is... Dr. Wells from The Flash. All three of those people are in that movie. So I'm interested to see how that works, see if, you know, what their various versatility is as actors. Um, also interested in a movie that's coming out on February 26th. Um, this is probably going to be another one of those, um, oh, what was it? Uh, you know, The Wrath of the Titans kind of movies that, you know, probably is going to bomb Pompeii, you know, stuff like yes, that. This, yes, one, yes, yes. this one's going to call is called, and I don't know if you've heard anything about it, Mark gods of Egypt. Yep. I had that on my, I had that on my crap list. Yeah. Uh, 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 like I said, just last episode, I'm a big fan of ancient mythology. Uh, so I, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, when I say I'm a sucker for it, guys, I know this movie's probably going to be shit. I'm seeing it anyways because I am a sucker. I am that much of a sucker for that mythology. Um, and this one, the synopsis is much longer, but you know, and it involves, um, you know, Horus and Set, you know, all those Egyptian gods. And um, I mean, it, it's uh, let's see. The only two names I recognize are Gerard Butler and Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, and and our, our boy ja Jamie uh, Lannister's in that. I don't know what his real name is. Uh, the Costal, what, whatever. Uh, Nicolaji Costal Waldo. Yes, that's yeah. Him. Okay, so I'm interested in that one. Curious, and there's, there's another movie that that to be honest, touched uh, reached out to me based on the poster. It's called Touched with Fire. Um, it comes out. Let's see here. It comes out. 
when does it come out? February 12th. It's called Touch with Fire, and it installs, uh, stars Katie Holmes, Luke Kirby, Griffin Dunn, and Christy Latte. Um, uh, follows uh, two poets with bipolar disorder whose art is fueled by their emotional extremes. When they meet in a treatment facility, their chemistry is instant and uh, instant and intense, driving each other's mania to new heights. They pursue their passion, which breaks outside the bounds of sanity, swinging them from fantastical highs to tormented lows until they ultimately must choose between sanity and love. Um, the, 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 just the art for the, the poster looked really cool. In addition to all of the um, praise that's on the movie, you know, a lot of these uh, things, you know, have advanced reviews and stuff like that. But this one, uh, just going to read all these that I see on this poster. Uh, sensitively detailed and emotionally compelling. Another one. Katie Holmes' best performance in years. Uh, riveting, emotionally searing, and ultimately unforgettable. Fascinating and overall outstanding. A powerful exploration. A masterful drama with an impact unlike anything else. Um, I, I know that typically those types of quotes and stuff are put on a movie to sort of you know, drive up interest and stuff like that. And in this case, I guess it worked. Um, it seems like a, a, a deep intellectual movie. I haven't seen Katie Holmes in a really good movie in a long time, but I do know she, she's capable of it. So I kind of want these reviews to be true. Um, it just seems like a good movie. And I, I'm kind of, I'm definitely interested to see it. I'd have to, I, I, I have, as of right now, I haven't watched a trailer. I probably should do that. It comes out on February 12th, so... I'm imagining there already is a trailer. Probably, but, even if yeah, even 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 if it was going to be limited release, you would think there's a trailer for it somewhere that you can you could track down. Um, it seems be. interesting. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Okay, F sorry, I'm done. Okay, uh, there's not much to mo most everything we've talked about that was on my list anyway. Uh, Again, Mike, and to be my crap list, to be fair, isn't isn't that much different really than Chad's? Because like Fantastic Four was definitely on my crap list last year, but I kind of made it clear that you know I was probably going to see it. It's just that my, my I had you know I really I expected nothing. I expected it to be bad, and I had no passion for the project. So that's kind of like <laughs> I was right <laughs> in this instant. That instant I was right, but that but that but that's kind of my criteria for my you know my. Three, five, ten, seventy pounds of monkey crap list. It, it it really comes down to whether I really care about the project whatsoever. It does not necessarily mean I'm not going to see it either theatrically or later on. Uh, so my entire list was we already talked about Deadpool that was on the list. Uh, Chad mentioned Jumanji that was on the list. Uh, we talked about Suicide Squad that was on the list. Um, I'll say this quick because the one movie we really haven't talked about is at the top of at the top of this list. But I'm I'm going to be the the salt and salt in the wound and going against the grain here because I actually had Finding Dory on this list because <laughs> <laughs> I am probably one of the few people and I and I openly acknowledge it might have been the mood I was in the day I went to go see Finding Nemo, but Finding Nemo did nothing for me the day that I saw it. I and you I you heartless son of a bitch. Hey, I and t <laughs> to me I to me and I, and I know it. You could apply the theme of 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 losing a child to a lot of other things. Of you know, even if you don't have kids, you could apply it in other ways to make it a universal theme. 
maybe it was a different I was a different at a different point in my life back then. Either way, it did nothing for me. I still to this day would I still prefer Lilo and Stitch. I think there's many more deep just as many, if not deeper, issues and more universal issues going on in that movie. Uh no about pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Universal. Yes, I know, I know where I know where you went with it. Uh, or, or, I set you up well for that one. Uh, the uh, yeah, dealing with loss and family and belonging and finding yourself and everything else and what a family really is. I I I much prefer Lilo and Stitch, but I, either way, when I saw Finding Nemo, I think that was 2003. I think that came out. That did nothing for me whatsoever. So I have no, I have no desire to see Finding Dory. Uh, I like Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, you know, obviously the movie's going to make huge money regardless, even though you're taking a supporting character and kind of making it the star. We'll see how, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But I just have to point out that, that when you when you talked about every, how everybody, I was smiling when you said, oh, everybody loves Finding Nemo. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, oh, what do you get a load of me? <laughs> but the number one movie on my crap list was Ghostbusters. And it I'm nothing, curious. Yes, it has nothing to do with being... You know, with any sexist bullshit, it's just that it does. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing appealing so far about them. This uh, this approach to the movie at this of a remake or a rebooting. That you know, especially after all of these years in developmental hell about trying to get Ghostbusters three made with the original cast or most of the original cast or get Bill Murray to be in it a little bit, just enough so we could get, you know, basically be the catalyst. Come on, come, come with us. You know, everybody else is willing to do it, you know, but you're, you know, but you're the big holdup. If you just sign on to do something, we probably can get it made. And then once Harold Ramis died, that pretty much, you know, put that to bed really of the, I, the dream anyway of re- reuniting, you know, the original Ghostbusters together. So maybe that kind of forced their hand to take it in a different way since they couldn't, even if Bill Murray were, you know, was willing. They couldn't really get the whole gang back. You know, put the band back together again. Uh, to quote another from another Dan Aykroyd movie, we're getting uh, the band back together. together. It's it's kind of funny how that how that line has kind of become universal and it's kind of stuck, especially for a movie that in its day was not particularly popular. It's like a cult movie now, The Blues Brothers, and most people if they ever watch it. And they really get, especially if it you. It is a long fucking movie. It is a long movie, but it's a really, really good movie. It <laughs> yes, probably it is. is. It probably is the best Saturday Night Live movie, you know, from from a concept from Saturday Night Live. Forget about Wayne's World or anything. To me, Blues Brothers has been like the best uh, skit from Saturday Night Live that they ever really spun off in, into a movie. And John Landis directing it, and yeah, that that was but I think, but he and Aykroyd probably wrote it if I remember correctly. But either way, that. Blues Brothers is so good, but yes, yeah, just funny how that we're putting the band back together. It's just how that line has just kind of like survived, you know, like decades and decades after that movie is. Uh, but yeah, so that kind of was, when once Harold Ramis died, that kind of put that that may have put the kibosh on making you know to be fair, forcing them to go in a different direction. But I don't know. I mean, the cast is nothing for me. I usually, I mean, I like, I think Melissa McCarthy's funny. She might, she's the only one of, of that, of that, of the four that might have an appeal to me. Maybe once I see a trailer, maybe I'll change my mind. I, I just, I don't know. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full <laughs> tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> that movie. That'll be a special blue. We'll we'll do a special we'll do a special two part episode to do our commentary track from the Blues Brothers. 
I do love the Blues Brothers so much. That it's hard not to. It really is that, and the soundtrack is really, really good for that movie. It is. I, oh, I had, God. I've had Rita Franklin, uh, James Brown, Ray, Ray Charles, Charles uh, uh, John Lee Hooker, uh, Cab Calloway. I yep. mean, good God. And even, and even the blue, and even the Blues Brothers themselves and their songs that they do are pretty good. I, I had that. I had that soundtrack like on. Uh, I don't think I never had it on CD, but I did have it on tape. I did have it on tape. Um, but yeah, that was, I, yeah, that's one, that is one of my favorite movies that it, to, to watch. But yeah, I think I, some something has to hap, happen to make me think this was a really really good idea. Other than I'm just to, waiting for a trailer. Yeah, an actual trailer, not a teaser, an actual trailer. Yeah, I'm not saying I can't be swayed at least to, I. I'm not saying I can't be swayed at least as much as Independence Day. That trailer swayed me for something I really had no interest in. But right now, there's just nothing that draws me to draws me to that project. And maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't you know originally. I see. I think part of what bothers a lot of people. I don't know if it bothers me entirely, but I think there may be an element of that is that a lot of that. I think a lot of people just think that they changed. They decided to change the genders just to change the genders. You know that that, that was that it wasn't there was no other reason to do it other than hey that that's basically our pitch for this movie. We're switching the gender. We're switching the genders, and uh, not for a plot point other than the fact that hey this is. And I think that bothers some people. I don't know how much it bothers me. I I, I just don't think there's anything in general that you know, I th- because I think in all honesty they could have gone with a female Ghostbuster concept if they had cast people that I actually liked or, gave, or again gave three pounds of monkey crap about or cared about then maybe I'd be interested in but but they didn't so well, Melissa McCarthy the last thing I saw her in there was this spy movie I don't know what it was oh, called oh yes yeah, I think wasn't it wasn't it spy but, but, that, that might have been that might have been yeah that that was that was pretty good I thought um yeah but I she like seems, her she seems to be like a flavor of the week right now like she's in a lot of stuff yeah she's in um, she's she, she's in there's no doubt, but I mean, uh, I just most yeah most of the cast it, it's 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 doing it, it does it does nothing for me. So I think I think I think if the cast was different, even if they went all female, so that's why I don't think that's the the sticking point for me. That I think I would be okay with it if they went you know what and they didn't all necessarily have to be just out and out comedians. You know they could they could you know comedians if you will. They could have they could have. Done, you know, people, actually, people who act and have been in comedies and have been in other kinds of movies too. They could have had, they could have tried something different, uh, or they could have, they didn't have to just lock themselves into, I guess, you know, the again, like kind of like, like you said, the flavor of the moment, the drug of the moment, with trying to pick out, fu- you know, funny women at the moment. At least, at least, friggin' uh, what Amy Pohl, not Amy Pohl or uh, Schumer. At least mm-hmm. Amy Schumer's not in it. Yeah. That would have been a kiss of death for me because I do not like her whatsoever. I think she's. I just think she just comes across. I've, I mean, I haven't seen enough of her to know how fu- you know how whether I to objectively I can say she's funny. I just think she comes across as very crass and rude and and things like and just so. And she talked about drug of the moment. She's absolutely the drug of the moment. So I'm glad she come come didn't actually make it in to the movie because that would have made it even an absolutely DOA for you know for me. But we'll see. I mean, maybe again, maybe the trailers, maybe a trailer. Will, We'll sway it, but well, that's, those are our list, folks. Uh, actually, before before we close out, I got one last one. It's not a new movie; it's actually a really old movie. 
As a matter of fact, this year is the 75th anniversary of this movie. I have two favorite movie. I have two favorite movies of all time. It's hard for me to pick one as my number one. One, of course, is Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. I think it's an incredibly underrated movie. Beautifully, beautiful story. It's, there's a lot of great lines in it. There's there's a, a whole plethora of reasons I love that movie. Obviously, that movie is not 75 years old. <laughs> my other favorite movie of all time is The Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart. Now, the reason I bring this up is because The Maltese Falcon is coming back to theaters. Fathom Events is going to be hosting the Maltese Falcon in select theaters across the country on February 24th. And you better believe I'm going to see this fucking movie. I've never seen it on the big screen. I know it's an old school black and white, you know, real to real old type of movie. So it's not like seeing it on the big screen is going to make it, you know, like super crisp and, you know, uh, you know, see things I haven't seen before uh, or anything like that. But um, I'm just, I'm really excited. (laughs) Seeing my favorite movie of all time, or one of my favorite movies of all time, on the big screen for the first time, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the theater. You better believe it. <laughs> for the first time ever, with an all female cast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it. Or, or I've never seen the whole thing of the Maltese Falcon. No, uh, it's it's really good. But you said you've but you said you you've never seen the Godfather, right? Or the whole thing. Never the seen Godfather? the Godfather. Yeah. I remember us talking about that. So, yeah, it's, it's it's nice it's nice when they when they bring things back to the to, to the screen. Some, our I mean our our regal doesn't. It's it's weird. I mean, once they did the refurb and our regal and everything, and it's so and it does does huge vo- I mean, it really does big volume. But they they almost never get any of those. You know the you know the special events and things like that you know they never get the op you know like the advertised like the, the opera things and all these different all these live concerts and all the things they show in the theaters i mean we never get any of that we have to i mean over in over at the amc theater like over in danbury they they do get that that's where we did the star wars marathon so they get stuff like that all the time like the riff tracks and all that stuff they get the, they get like all those things but it's just kind of frustrating that you know that we just don't get that stuff because they because they always do stuff, even like around Halloween, they always play horror movies. You know, whether it's Halloween or Dracula or Frankenstein, they always release a few of those. And to see, especially if you like, you said to see something you've never seen before on the on the actual screen. You know, that's 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 pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be really cool. I'm, I'm happy for you. All right, guys, you want to go ahead and close us out, Mark? I will close us out, and thanks for sticking with us. And as we uh. Begin the new year, and we're slowly getting back into regular Green Lantern stuff. I mean, we, obviously, we did Green Lantern stuff last issue, episode, but I'm bummed. Uh, but our just December books are right around the corner, so we're getting we're getting there, people. We're getting, we're getting back. Uh, best way to contact us: email lanterncast at gmail dot com. Lanterncast at gmail dot com. Visit our website lanterncast.com, check out our latest episodes, ring encyclopedia posts, blog posts, dark star reviews. That's the place to find it. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to find us on all of those. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you listen to us on either or both, please leave us positive reviews. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think.
All right, guys. Next episode is December books, and after that, uh, I don't want to tell you because we've we'll, we've got plans, but we don't know which of those plans is is after that. Um, suffice it to say, Mark and I are actually currently you know, about an hour before we hour or two before we started recording recording this, tossing out ideas for just 2016 in general. So lots of plans, um, some comic stories or Green Lantern stories that we haven't done before, um, had plans to do before, but never actually did. Um, some interviews, um, some Silver Age reviews. We've got quarterly quarterlies in the docket. Mark's got some more episodes of his show. I've got some more episodes of my show. We've got several things coming down the pike and, and on ideas for us uh, in, uh, in 2016. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully just to make uh, the, tw- the 2016 uh, LanternCast episodes just better and better and better as we go. So we'll talk to you guys next time. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> you, you said it very well, Chad, yes. Ho- hopefully as we're now entering our, our, th- what, our third year doing mm-hmm. the show together hopefully we'll hopefully the third time will be the charm <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll talk to you later good night everybody good night